I have become greatest of the greatest. I have come into being among the beings who clear the vision of the soul. I know why the greatest life is made for a what? A what? So we have a disrespect to you. Came in on trial, title of that damn lecture Destroyed the Hebrews with the power of our ancestors Our clans better didn't talk or debate, huh, Daniela? All Zion Lex don't hate on Kim and y'all fans betcha And Sinetta bringing knowledge to the masses With the undisputed knowledge they don't teach in classes Kim and Black Power Movement, do you understand? We on trial, Hebrews thought they had the upper hand Polite killed them with that footage from the motherland Hushar too much rah-rah, Nazi elder Gabar The young Yawan Sop, when is y'all gon' stop? We got tombs and mummies, y'all just got some rocks Me and my squad illa plus the Magi and the God Killer Shout out to Hepshet Soot and the King Haru The son of Amin-Ra, Asepata Asa now Valley's here, we came to bring it home Kim is back, back to Kim home Okay, so I need to tell people, please, wake up They can't show me or show the, the bones of anybody in the Bible They can't show me no Hebrew, if the Hebrews built the pyramids Where their pyramids before they came to Egypt? You know what I'm saying? They waiting for God to come back to destroy all of this You know, so they're just, that's a belief system We need to let them know, ain't nobody coming back They sent us we got to deal with this. We have to straighten this out. So they need to understand that. Ain't nobody coming. Peace and black power, family. Welcome to another Sonnetta TV House of Consciousness production. Shaka Upmost is on trial, family. Now, will Shaka Upmost be able to stand this powerful attack by GOCC? That remains to be seen. I'm going to tell you right now. This right here was the best debate ever. Shaka Upmost stood his ground, represented for the committed community. Make no mistake about it. And the young brother, the young warrior, your honey shepherd. I'm sorry if I pronounced your name wrong, brother, but you know who I'm talking about. This brother brought fire. This brother brought passion. This brother brought pain. And the same with Shaka Upmost. He came with the fire. He came with the passion. And he also came with the scholarship. Sit back, relax, and you see for yourself, family.
should have gone to the source and allowed the people of ancient Kemet, ancient Tami, Tameri, and Tawi to speak for themselves, as I am going to, because I have respect for my ancestors. Don't what? Okay. Now, I'm going to let the people, the Africans of the Nile Valley, speak for themselves. When I show you what I show you, I do not want you to laugh at Awan Yansa. He, I'm serious. He did what he did out of ignorance. He is as much of a victim of our Holocaust as any of us are in here. I will not tolerate anyone laughing at him simply because he was incorrect. Now we will all learn together. This is the coffin text. This is the eschatological text of ancient Kemet. This is where they explain to you their cosmology, their worldview, during life, before life, and after. Now I'm going to read to you what they say. I have become greatest of the greats. You tell me if these are the words of a child. I have become greatest of the great. I have come into being among the beings who clear the vision of his soul eye. I have opened and built of the ancient eye, for I am one of them. I know the united arm into which the greatest of the seas was not initiated. The hushing of the mouth in the Sanuk festival, the hostile acts by the destroyer against the air arm. I know why a braided lock is made for a what? A what? A what? A what? A what? Don't you ever disrespect me again. Ever. Ever. You are not accustomed to looking at the real thing. You are now looking at the real thing. Stand down. My child should never sit in your classroom. Ever. There is not a Hebrew Israelite breathing that can teach my child. Get him, shuffle. Don't you ever disrespect that again. I told you it was too heavy for you. You just dropped it on the floor because it was too heavy for you. Give it up to H1419. H1419 does not exist 
and none of them, meaning the term Great Flood, he made it up. Great Flood, finding the source, finding the Bible, and I look, I look at every verse. There is not one term, Great Flood, referring to the flood. Okay, so that's plagiarized full of crap. Okay, get that, get that source. Next slide. Okay, and Acts 30, okay, he said that the term, uh, let me go to the next slide. Okay, here we go. He stated that the word we took, give me the ordinance, uh, the first one, Pyramid Text 104, 106. I'm 406, sorry. This is Pyramid Text Utterance 406. I'm going to start at uh, verse 708. Come on. It says, May the brewers listen to come to terms with him. Uh-huh. Uh, 708B. Uh-huh. As they are long in days, patient at work, as they are satisfied in nights. Okay. 708C. So he, the deceased, takes his place at the table. Just read the, just read the highlighted, the red, the, the red part. Partakers of his meal. Uh-huh. Satisfied with their nourishment. Uh-huh. And that's all. Okay. okay. So he stated that Luke 17 and 27 quotes, they share in the Lord's Supper and ate together. What does Luke 17 and 27 say? Luke chapter 17, verse 27. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Are you sure? So the quote, they ate and shared the Lord's Supper and ate together does not even exist in the actual source that he brought out. It's again, huh? And this, listen, we only got, only got five minutes. I got to be out. There's so many. Let, let me, let's go to the next one. All right, let's read the highlighted part. That's it. It says, uh, which one? The yellow eye? The, the, uh, no, no, just the, the red, the red. This is 15, oh, pyramid text, utterance. So, the real quick, on top is what he claimed, and the bottom is what he claimed he took. So, let's read that real quick. 1508A is conceived by. Oh, I'm Salaki. Yeah, go ahead. It's conceived by Ra. He is born of Ra. Okay. Go to uh, First John five. This is First, first John one. chapter five, verse one. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth Him that begot loveth Him also that is begotten of Him. Read that again from one time. That sounds like Plato Richard. Fifteen eight oh uh, fifteen oh eight eight. Read that again. Fifteen oh eight eight. Is conceived by Ra, he is born of Ra. The word man is usually referred to as Pepe or Pharaoh. So a Pharaoh or a sovereign is conceived by Ra, meaning these guys were demigods. They were claiming they were half human, half gods. Let's read 1 John, uh, oh, uh, 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 Galatians 4 and 4. Read that again. It's the book of Galatians, chapter 4, verse 4. But when the fullness of the time was come, the Most High sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law. Uh-huh. So, he's using words, God here, uh, rod over there, sent, what the, Christ born. He's using just words. You can't plagiarize words, Shaka, okay? Uh, let's go to the next one. Pyramid text utterance 483. Come on. This is verse 1013a. Earth here that which 
Gev said that he spiritualized Osiris as God. Come on. As the watchers of Buto, okay. and the watchers of Heraclopolis uh -huh. proclaimed him. He proclaimed him. So he claimed that he, from Luke 2.34 and Acts 9.20, we stole the words, appointed him, and proclaimed him. But guess what? We checked. Those two words do not exist. Read, read Luke 2 and 20 and, and 34. This is the book of Luke chapter 2, verse 34. What kind of garbage is this, Shaka? Come on. Nobody proved, we proved this thing? Come on, Shaka. I told you time and time again, brother, your destruction is going to be the hate for the Bible, your love for Canada. You were staying all night, losing meals and all that. You know, I, I spent a whole year, and this is the best you can come with? Come on, I, Psychos. And, and guess this what? Guess this what? I'm going to put this in the hands of white people, right? I'm gonna go into institutions and have people textualize this and, and criticize this thing. And it's a damn shame because you represent the black community. And within the black Hispanic community, we got negative stereotypes. We can't read, we can't write, we mess spell words. You're a 50 year old man, you're, right, you're running around misquoting stuff and misspelling words, come on. Okay, next slide. Okay, let me go to the hard one. This is stupid. This is like I'm, I'm getting dumb and just thinking about it. All right. All right. The word, okay. So he claims that we stole the, the term Lord of Heaven, okay, uh, from the, the pyramid text, right? Because you can clearly see that term, Lord of, Lord of Heaven. But the problem is this, right? Who is the Lord of Heaven in the Egyptian uh, chronology? In this, you got Horus is the Lord of Heaven. It's referred to him. Okay, over here it has Horus is the law of heaven, and here it has Ra is the law of heaven. Can the real law of heaven please stand up? But in the Hebrew culture, who's the real law of heaven? Let's get the hot reader. This is the book of Acts, chapter 17, verse 22. Then Paul stood in the midst of, of Mars Hill and uh -huh. said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. Come on. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar within Scripture uh -huh. to the unknown power. Come on. Whom therefore ye ignorantly worship. Come on. Him declare I unto you. This is who, this, 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 the, the true law of heaven. Read. The most high that maketh the world and all things therein. The most high that makes the world in the world and all things therein. Read. Seeing that he is the power of heaven and the, earth. The power of heaven and earth. Ra only has earth, heaven. Yes, we got one on you. And what else? Read. Dwelleth not in temples. And what heaven? We talk, there's many heavens. Read. Dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Come on. Neither is worship with men's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all okay, things. Okay, so all that. Okay, next one. He claimed that we took the term kings of kings and lords of lords and prince of princes from the uh, the book of the dead, right? The pirates, Ani, whatever that is, right? All right, but check this out. That terminology, read that again, read it on top. This is from Wikipedia, this is common knowledge. The term kings of kings is a Middle Eastern term. Read that. This is the king of kings from Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia. King of kings is a title that has been used by several monarchies uh -huh. and empires throughout history. Uh -huh. The title originates in the ancient Near East. Okay, hold that, so you got the Hindus, they use it. Okay, you can get this on Wikipedia, the Africans, they use it, the Buddhists, they use it. 
okay, in, in Africa. But let's see who's the real kings of kings. And, and I'll show you, within our writings, we used to prefer to other kings, kings of kings, because this was a, a, a general uh, term. But the true king of kings and lord of lords, we all know that's Christ, Yeshua uh, Messiah. Uh, I yield. And there's four. People to be healed. This proof is garbage. Throw this thing away, Shaka. This is garbage from the black race. And you fake your book out as we hear. Heavens I try. I don't want to hear about King James. I don't want to hear about nothing. Heavens I try. Read the English edition. 
Uh, in North America, it comes out as a weekly newspaper combining articles from the Friday edition with the roundup from the rest of the week. An independent newspaper of record. That means that this thing is a prestigious publication. Okay, some commentators state that it plays the role in Israel that the New York Times plays in the United States. It is known for its staunch left liberal stance on domestic and foreign issues. Now, the, the New York Times is such an important newspaper. Number one, it's written at a college level, so most people don't read Don't sit there lying and say you read the New York Times, because you know you don't. Okay? Now, here we go. Let's rock it. This is the Haaretz. This is what the people of Israel, of Haaretz, read every day. So if your child is a, is a black Hebrew Israelite and you take him over to Demona or, or, or Hassor or any of the other Israelite cities, if they have to do a report, remember when we were in school we had to do reports called current, current events? Remember that? You got to do current events. You go to the newspaper, you find out what's being reported, and you go to school and you do a story on it. So you see, if I, if I was living in Israel, and my child was going to school and had to do a current events report. Let me show you the report my child would do from current events from the top newspaper in Israel. Go home and look at it. Haaretz, look it up. Let's see, they asked the question. This is relatively recent. Uh, March 26, 2012. Would Jews ever release slaves in Egypt? Or is Passover a myth? Where is the real proof, archeological evidence, state records, and primary sources? Now you gotta watch these people over here. They're Jews in one conversation, the Hebrew Israelites in another conversation. Whatever the word goes against them, if it's the word Jew, we're not Jews. If it's the word Hebrew, wait a minute, we're not Hebrews. Don't worry, because I got your asses triangulated. I'm coming at you from every angle. So here we go. Okay? Here we go. Okay? Where is the real proof? Archaeological evidence, state records, and primary sources. This is an Israelite paper from Israel. Okay? Let's go. Excuse me, I'm talking. Thank you very much. Nobody, hey, nobody interrupted the Hebrew Israelites. If you ain't scared, then let me go on. Don't be scared. You feel me? Here we go. Would Jews ever release slaves in Egypt? Or is Passover myth by Josh Mintz. He's, he's a blogger for the Jewish world, blogger for Haaretz. This is, this is from the article. Read it yourself. One of the biggest events of the Jewish calendar is predicated upon reminding the next generation Every year of how the Egyptians are cruel slave masters in a, in a bondage that likely never happened. That's A. This is B. Now this is Israelite newspaper. Not, this is not the black American or Ebony. It's an Israelite newspaper. Okay? The reality is that there is no evidence whatsoever that the Jews were ever enslaved in Egypt. Yet, there's a story contained within the Bible itself. Um, excuse me, moderator, I want you to get the crowd order because I'm not going to speak about boo. It's a test of testing. Come on, family. Come on, what y'all scared of, goddammit? Come on, man. We need y'all to be respectful. The same way we're going to be respectful to the Hebrews. Let's be respectful. Let the brother get it in. What y'all scared of? Let him get it in. Family, family. Family. You know, there's so much. Family, there is so much great information that I learned when the gathering of Christ Church spoke. A lot of information I learned. And I am asking that we are able to continue this information gathering. You, the audience, you, the audience, are the winners here. And there's so much that I, I want to learn. 
and I learned to differ. I, I, I see my brothers, I've interacted with my brothers, I've enjoyed, and I've learned. And somewhere, the truth may not be on either side, but it could be somewhere in the balance of both. So, let's go. Here we go. Uh, I want to give you a. I'm gonna give you. Don't mind. You don't mind if I give you some PhDs, right? I like the PhD stuff. I'm not a religious person. I like. I like scholarship. So I'm here to bring scholarship. If you want a religion, go to the synagogue. Go to the church. I didn't come here to give you religion. Okay, I came here to give you scholarship. Here we go. Uh, this is uh, Dr. Robert Kugler, Paul S. White Professor, Director of Strategic Initiatives, and the Chair. Paul Cooper is the Paul S. White Professor of Christian Studies, Department Chair of Religious Studies and Classical Studies, and the Director of Strategic Initiatives. He teaches courses on Jewish and Christian origins, including uh, courses on both the Hebrew Bible and New Testament. His special area of research deals with the interface between the social historical context of early Judaism and Christianity and the religions and the religions interpretations of their received texts and traditions. He is particularly engaged with interpretative uh, uh, traditions in the Dead Sea Scrolls and in Jewish and in Christian literature from Roman Greco Egypt, Greco Roman Egypt, as well as with the documentary evidence for the Judean life in Hellenistic Egypt. Uh, his, academic, his academic credentials, PhD, 1994, University of Notre Dame, uh, uh, what is that? Um, uh, a Master's in Divinity with honors, uh, theological, uh, theological Seminary Bachelor's with honors, uh, Lewis and Clark College, Field of Study and Language Competencies, Hebrew Bible, Pseudepigrapha, for Dead Sea Scrolls, Early Judaism, New Testament, Jewish Literature, History and Greco-Roman Egypt, uh, Egyptian Languages, um, Aramaic, Greek, Hebrew, Modern Language, French, German, Lesson Competency, and Modern Hebrew, which means that he's more fluent in the ancient Hebrew than he is in the modern. Let's see what he said in his book. I, I like to read a lot. In this book right here, that's his partner, um, Dr. Patrick Harton, another PhD, he got about two different PhDs, taught New Testament uh, at the University of Watsonland in Johannesburg, South Africa, uh, well, studied at the Gregorian University in Rome, chair of the Classical Civilization Department, uh, and teaching New Testament studies in the Religious Studies Department at Gonzaga University. Let's look at their book, I like PhDs. You see, they haven't showed you one source, and every source they showed you was garbage. I'm showing you what the PhDs say. The story of Moses' flight to Midian following the murder of the Egyptian overseer may draw on the Egyptian tale of Sinuin. An introduction to the Bible, page 74, Robert Kugler and Patrick Harton. That's the PhD. Let's move on to the next one. This is, the, this is Israel Finkelstein. This guy has more PhDs than, than probably everybody in this room combined. I'm not going to even go into the credentials because it's sick. We'd be here for the rest of the, for the, rest of the uh, uh, delivery. Uh, this is important, another PhD all over the place. I like the PhD, that's just me personally. Here we go. The Bible on Earth. If you want to see through their lies, if you want to educate your child on why you have to throw the Bible in the garbage, this is the book to read. Do not say after today that you did not see it. It is called The Bible on Earth. Archaeology's new vision of ancient Israel and the origins of its sacred text. Israel Finkelstein and Neil Asher Silverman. Okay? As the, he was born in Israel, all right? He didn't read about it in the book. Born there. Here we go. Okay? That's why. Uh, let's see what they say. I want you to understand this. I didn't come here to defend my book. I don't have to defend a book that stands on its own merit. They did a horrible job with, of the presentation. I came here because what is the point of defending a book against a group of people who don't know who they are? They tell you that they are Hebrews. What's that? They tell you, their Bible story tells you, their Bible story tells you that they left uh, Egypt and the Exodus 
and then they wandered through the desert, and at the order of God through Joshua, uh, they, just, they, they conquered the Canaanite people. And that's how they ended up in Canaan. They went city to city, they went uh, city state to city state, and they conquered the people. This is what they tell you. It's in their Bible. Read it. I read it, so I hope you read it. And by the way, the Bible verses that he was quoting from, that was so much crap, it wasn't even funny. Okay, the first question I should have asked you is what version of the Bible you read it, because you want to pretend there's only one version. And we all know there's a thousand versions. And none of them say the same thing. So now, let's keep it moving. This is what it says. The archaeological scientific evidence proves the biblical story false. Who really were the Israelites and where did they come from? This is PhD at the university level. I'm not giving you the garbage. I don't play with the high school stuff. All right? The discovery of the remains of a dense network of highland villages, all apparently established within a span of a few generations, indicated that a dramatic social transformation had taken place in the central hill country of Canaan. Hold on, Shaka. Hold on. We, please, people, the people in the back of the room, they're, they're saying they can't hear them because there's too much chatter going on. You understand? So we just, you know, really would appreciate it for the edification of everybody in the building so that they can hear what the speakers are saying. All right? Just to keep the chatter down. They want to drown you out because speaking. they don't want you to learn. They drown you out with the Bible. I drown you out with understand. everything else. And they but let put, please, can we just keep the chatter down so that everybody, you know, people pay good money to come in here to hear this. So we want to make sure that everybody can hear it. Go ahead, Sean. Here we go. Uh, Israel's Canaanite origin. Do you see the title? Israel's Canaanite origin. They want you to think that they are not the Canaanites or the identity that they claim is not Canaanite identity. They want you to think that they came from someplace else, was enslaved in Egypt, then they went to Canaan and conquered the people. Don't forget that. Because what I'm going to show you is going to turn the Bible on its head. Now watch. The discovery of the remains of a dense network of highland villages, all apparently established within a span of a few generations, indicated that a dramatic social transformation had taken place in the central hill country of Canaan around 1200 BC. There was no sign of a violent invasion or even infiltration into a clearly defined ethnic group, of a clearly defined ethnic group. Instead, it seemed to be a revolution in lifestyle. In the formerly sparse populated highlands from the Judean hills in the south, to the hills of Samaria in the north. That means all of Israel. The Judea hills in the south and the hills all the way to Samaria in the north. Far from the Canaanite cities that were in the process of collapse and disintegration, about 250 hilltop communities suddenly sprang up. Here were your first Israelites. Let me tell you what that means because this is very serious archaeology. This is not the high school stuff. This is not even the stuff you're going to get as an undergrad. This is the post-grad stuff when you're out in the field and you're working. What that means is that at a certain period in Canaan's history, I really suggest you listen. At a, at a certain period in Canaan's history, they had a social revolution from inside. I don't even have to look at the book to tell you why, because I know the history better than I know my own room. The reason that they had a social revolution is because the elite people in Canaan, the elite people in Canaan, they were oppressing their own people. It was really about the haves and the have-nots. The haves, the haves in Canaan were in the pocket of the Egyptians. So whatever the Egyptians wanted from the economy of Canaan, the haves in Canaanite in Canaan would give it to them. And this made the people out in the suburbs resent them. 
It made the salt. I just showed you the salt, the Bible on earth. That's the source right there, the Bible on earth. Uh, I'm gonna keep going, I'm gonna keep going, here you go. Hold on, since you want sources, let's give some sources. Let's see, here we go, because uh, you know, they tend to make a lot of claims. You tend to make a lot of claims in your appropriating for yourself that don't rightfully you belong to. You ask them about Hebrew, it's the oldest language in the world, Adam and Eve spoke it, blah, 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 but they're gonna tell you that all day long. Let's see if Hebrew, if Hebrew is the oldest language in the world. Let's find out, because I, I, I really wanna know. All right, okay, let's see here. Hold on one second, I want to find out. If it's the oldest language, it should have the oldest alphabet, if you ask me. Unless it took you a long time to learn how to read and write. Let's see. The world's oldest known alphabet was developed in Central Egypt around 2000 BCE from a hieroglyphic prototype. And over the next 500 years, it spread to Canaan and eventually to the rest of the world. But before we do that, let's establish this. Canaanites and Israelites, the same people. Let's see. The process that we describe here is in fact the opposite of what we have in the Bible. The emergence of early Israel was an outcome of the collapse of the Canaanite culture, not its cause. And most of the Israelites did not come from outside Canaan. They emerged from within it. There was no mass exodus from Egypt. There was no violent conquest of Canaan. Most of the people who formed early Israel were local people. The same people who we see in the highlands throughout the Bronze and Iron Ages. The early Israelites were irony of ironies themselves, originally Canaanites. That is from the number one archaeologist in Israel, on the planet. On the planet. The Israelites and the Canaanites were the same people. That is a fact. They were the same people. There was never a conquest. There was never a conquest. There was never an exodus. That's what the archaeology on the ground said. That is what the evidence says. Let's go. Here we go. Let's go. Uh, let's see. One second. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Oh, this is a book called uh, The Story of Civilization, Our Oriental Heritage. It's by Dr. Will Durant, PhD, Columbia University. This is what it says. Let's get the facts, folks. Let's get the facts in the argument. Okay? Here we go. These are the facts. The Phoenicians did not create the alphabet. They marketed it taking it apparently from Egypt and Crete. They imported it uh, piecemeal. You know what, I don't even want to read that. I'm going to go to the good stuff. Real talk, let me do the good stuff. Original black guy, I want the good stuff. Here we go, a better question, better the answer. Oh, here we go. All right, the better the questions, the better the answers. When were the earliest books of the Bible written? Let's find out. Uh, let's see. The first book of the Bible, Genesis. Let's read the bottom of it, because I don't have time. The time will be eaten up. 14 minutes? Okay, let's see. Tradition credits Moses as the author of Genesis, as well as Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and most of Deuteronomy. But modern scholars, I told you I didn't come here to bring you religion. I came here to bring you scholarship. If you want religion, go down to the church and give them your money so they can tell you a good story. I'm giving you what the science of the scholarship says, okay? It says tradition credits Moses as the author of Genesis, as well as Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and most of Deuteronomy. But modern scholars increasingly see them as a product of the 6th and 5th centuries BCE. That's very important because we know that Moses did not exist in the 5th or 6th century BCE. Now this is going to go over a lot of people's heads because most of you in the audience are not anthropologists, you are not archaeologists, most of you are not even bona fide historians. Which means you have to understand the importance of dates. 
Dates don't lie. People lie. All the time, dates don't lie. Here we go. I'm not even going to use that. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Uh, here, that paper. He said, Awanya Asaf said, uh, uh, everything about the Hebrews is in contrast to the Egyptians. Did he say that? He said that. Did he say that? He said, no. He didn't say everything about the Egyptians was in contrast to the Hebrews. Did he give an explanation? Anyway, uh, I heard him say, he said, everything about the Bethlehem on film say, here we go. Okay, so he said, uh, how could they have gotten to the text? Well, if the Bible was made in the 5th century, I want to show you that they were in Egypt in the 5th century, when their Bible was made. I didn't say their Bible was made in Egypt, but they were in Egypt when their Bible was made at the same time, 6th century BCE. Let's see. Judahites flee into Egypt in the 6th century, 586 BCE. Although the account of kings does not provide a precise number of exiles taken away from Judah at the time of the destruction of Jerusalem, of Jerusalem in 586 BCE, it does state that after the murder of Gedaliah and the massacre of the Babylonian garrison at Mitzvah, all the people fled to Egypt, 2 Kings 25-26. He's going to tell you that's not the Bible either. Presumably leaving the countryside of Judah virtually deserted. So in other words, so many Judeans in the 6th century fled into Egypt that they left their whole countryside deserted. Okay, that's what the documentation says. Uh, let's see. Uh, and Jeremiah, Jeremiah, we all know the book of Jeremiah, I think. Jeremiah also ran into Egypt. You know, they always run into Egypt. They hate Egypt. Egypt is everything under the sun, but we can't keep them the hell out of Egypt. So hold on one second. Let's see. The Bible says, here we go, here we go. So we got you in Egypt, and we got you in Egypt in the sixth century uh, BCE when your Bible was first being produced. All the earliest books of the Bible, sixth century BCE. The documentation is there. I don't have to repeat myself. Let's see. Judah was it necessary for sixth century BC Judahites to be in ancient Egypt to have been exposed to or have had access to ancient Egypt? He claimed that we show the word why. One word. And read, read uh, 2017A, y'all. This is 2017A. To thee come the wise and the understanding. Thou art called to the southern tier, palace. To thee come yeah, the gods. Read, read it from the top, I correct again. 2017A. To thee come the wise and the understanding. To thee come the wise understanding. They were bragging to that whatever that came. So repeat the uh, the actually uh, translation. What would it be? The topic on top, the yellow. Resurrection, transfiguration, and life of the king in heaven. Right. So they were giving him props. Read the actual Bible scripture. Someone this is it. Matthew chapter two, verse one. Now, when Yeshua was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Next slide. That's not even plagiarism. You can't plagiarize a word, Shaka. Now he's plagiarizing. Now we, we, we took the word serpent. Literally, I'm not lying to you. He's literally just put two words in his book and, and claimed we took that concept. Now, you can take the serpent because we all know who's the serpent. That's Satan. Next slide. Okay, he claimed that the, the term, his, he, uh, his feet shall be kissed. 
right? From a pyramid text 685, uh, uh, verse 871. Next slide. It doesn't exist. It doesn't say that. That's it. That's it up there. Where's, where's 871, Shaka? Explain that, Shaka. Another typo. Come on, Shaka. You said you, you dreamt out of night grade. This work shows that. It shows that. Next slide. Okay, that's actually the script. He got that right. Next verse. Okay, he claimed that the term, shall, uh, you shall reach the sky of boring came from pyramid text 412 verse 723. Next slide. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Where you got your sources, Chakra? You gotta apologize for that, man. You gotta apologize. Tell me again. Next slide. Okay, he claimed that the term I um, I live by grace is quoted in Pyramid Text 570 verse 149 or one, uh, 1451. Next slide. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Next slide. Defend your book. Defend Kevin. Okay, he claimed that the term preeminence that we took. Now he said we took a word, preeminence. Okay. And other than 364, uh, 621. Next slide. It doesn't exist. Next slide. Yet again. He claimed that the term. Uh, Read, hold on, read that again. Read, go back to the next slide. Go back to the, no, go back, go back. Oh, he screwed up twice. Go back to third, uh, uh, 45, right? In the bottom, you see that? Ephesians 2 and 8, it claims that it says, the body of, uh, uh, the body, the church is the beginning and the firstborn from the thing that can make it out, and uh, he might have the preeminence. Read the actual verse. I, this is the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of the Most High. It doesn't exist. He misquoting stuff. He, this, is, this book is garbage. How can you plagiarize a word? A word? Next slide. Okay. Last, 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 last but not least, he claimed that the term uh, for I have ascended I have a super authority comes from pyramid text two yeah two fifty seven. I got it up there. It doesn't exist. You see that? Give me another one. Another one. These things don't exist. He, he is making these things up. This is what I have. This is what I have. You can see it. These things that don't exist. Fix. Copy. Copy your uh, proofread. Proofread your work. Next slide. Don't be deceived by his book. Right, it's, it's garbage, it's garbage, it's garbage. Prove where this stuff. And they quote the bottom line, Dr. Ben would not approve of this garbage. Defend Kevin, uh, defend your book. Hello, what's that? Yeah, can you hear me? Can you hear me in the back? Can you hear me up there? Okay, that was up. As soon as I get someone, hey, the Divine Prospect, where you at? Divine Prospect, I need somebody to get my, uh, my, uh, PowerPoint out. Huh? I need, I need 
That's what your prayer folks was doing. They were worshiping Egypt. Not, this is not in Egypt. This is in Israel. In Israel. Okay, here we go. In the Iron Age, 6th century BCE, fiat artifacts such as amulets depicting a variety of gods and goddesses from the Egyptian pantheon are found at almost not so Israel sites. Not most ancient Israelite sites. What does it say? It says, found at almost every ancient site in Israel. Egyptian iconography was also used in highly prized ivory copies found at the Samaria, found at Samaria, the capital of Northern Kingdom of Israel. Okay, no problem. Let's see what else they say. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Uh, boom, 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 boom. Here we go. Traditions from the smoke. Now, here we go. Uh, no, don't worry about that. Here we go. Oh, hey, you, you might like this one. We have, this is from Did God Have a Wife? And this is by uh, Dr. William G. Dever. Now these are all straight up archaeologists. Okay? It says, Did God Have a Wife? Archaeology and Folk Religion in Ancient Israel. William G. Dever. He's not from the Kemetic community, I can assure you. Alright? In fact, there he is right there. William G. Dever, he's an American archaeologist. This is what the archaeologists say. This is what the experts say. My job is to bring you the experts. It's not to tell you a good story. The experts say this. We actually have a hundred of Iron Age amulets, mostly from Judean temples. But again, few biblical scholars have paid attention to them. Amulets, by definition, are magic symbols, used mostly to bring good luck, um, turning away the evil of atropine, apotropine. They would probably have been used by many people in ancient Israel and being amongst their most precious possessions, they were buried with the deceased. Now they, they're describing what the people in Israel buried themselves with, their most precious possessions. Now they're going to tell you what their most possessions, their prized possessions were. Pay attention. The most common ones found in the Judean tombs are Egyptian. Eye of Horus, Egyptian Eye of Horus plaques, figurines of Egyptian deities, especially best guardian of the dead. Yeah, they were burying themselves in Israel with Egyptian god statues on high horns. That's what you would do. Let's go. Let's go. Hold on. Let's continue. Here we go. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Nah, not that, not that, not that. Oh, here we go, here we go. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, I want to do that. I want to do that. I'm going to get the good stuff in my time. I got about four minutes. Let me find something good for you. Oh, oh, yeah, uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. Y'all messed up, should've left me alone. Here you go. Their favorite king, one of their favorite kings, when they say, oh, the Hebrew Israelites existed, the first king they go to is Hezekiah. Okay? Hezekiah, or Hezekiah. Okay? He's the first one they go to. They don't even name David, Solomon. They go to Hezekiah because the Assyrians write about him. Okay? Well, hold on. I want to show you, you know, every king has a seal. I'm going to show you. I got to stop yelling. I'm going to lose my voice. Guys, I need some quiet. If I'm yelling over you, I'm going to lose my voice. You're not going to hear anything I said. You pay too much for nothing. Okay? Guys. Choice. I need to get my mic turned up. Turn it up. Can you turn it up? It's up? 
All right, thank you. I shouldn't have to be yellow when I got a mic in my hand. That makes no sense. Thank you. All right, go ahead. Here we go. All right, that's what I need. Thank you. I got some sound now. This is Hezekiah's seal. Do you see it? It's called a bullet. A bullet belonging to Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah. On it is a winged solar disc and two arc symbols. Hold on, you think I'm joking? There it is. Biblical archaeology. You got an arc on the right, you got an arc on the left. And you got the winged solar disc right there. Yeah. You want to play with me? That's Hezekiah's seal. They got an arm for it, and where's your arm? Let me see your arms. Show me the arms. Come on, everybody. Show me the arms. Show me the arms. Show me the arms. Ah, you got the wrong person. Here you go. Hold on. Let's take a better look at it. Here you go. Hold on. It's called the article. It's called Lasting Impressions. Make sure you Google it. The article is called Lasting Impressions. If you email me, I will send it to every last one of you. They will never be able to say anything to you again in life when I'm done. I promise you. Okay? Here we go. Hold on. There it is again. The arm on the left, the arm on the right. See it? Okay? It says, New Bullai reveal Egyptian-style emblems on Judah's royal seals. Why do you need our stuff? For what? There it is. This is the drawing of it. The arm on the right, the arm on the left. And then you have Hezekiah's name on the bottom. That's the king's seal. That's his seal. That is the Hebrew Israelite seal. Do you see it? Oh no, I'm making it up. Because Shaka don't know scholarship. There you go. Now, there it is right there. This is Hezekiah's seal. That's the original Egyptian. The uh, Kepada. And there you have it on Hezekiah's seal. Right there. Bottom row. Judahite Hezekiah copies. Top row, original Egyptian icons. Do you see it? Or am I making it up? There is the winged disc on Hezekiah's seal. There it is on the tip of the ancient kibbin. Don't lie. I don't like liars. I don't like liars. Wait, it gets better. Wait, it gets better. It gets better. I got how much time? I got 38 seconds. Be quiet. Here you go. An ivory plaque center depict. It says. Almost 1,000 years of Israelite worship of ancient Egyptian gods inside of Israel. Okay, here we go. Uh, an ivory plaque center depicts the Egyptian god head, crouching between two arms and holding a palm branch on either hand. It is dated to the late Iron Age and was found in Samaria, the capital of the northern kingdom of Israel. There it is right there. Hold on. An ivory head of the Egyptian goddess Hathor that dates to the late Bronze Age was uttered at Megiddo, northern Israel. There it is. Right? There it is. Boom, I'm going to give it up. There you go. There you go. So yeah, Egyptian gods all in Israel. You saw the king's seal. And there are the mummies in Israel that they dug up. Egyptian mummies. But that's
We are one. Somos uno. Okay, now. I know it's a little exciting. We're going to work it out a little bit. It's all right. It's all right. This is healthy. Family, we're going to have the rebuttal now. We are going to have a rebuttal from the gathering of Christ Church and a rebuttal from Chaka Akmos. And then, just to let you know where we're headed, to give all the vendors some, we're going to take a 15-minute break just to cool out, gather our sensibilities to come back. But then we're going to have round two. That these misquotations and racist fractions were only his own concoctions caused by an acute case of Negrophobia. Brother, why are you quoting racist scholars? information about ourselves. How are we going to get knowledge yourself from somebody who hates us? Of the standing of Professor Dustin and the U.S. and America's uh, academic society which image and career shall be met with object vengeance. Ben, Dr. Ben said he's an enemy of ours. Egyptian 
Christian foundations. The fundamental conclusion that form the basis of moral convictions and continue to, to do so in civilized life at the present day had already been reached in Egyptian life long before the Hebrews began their social experiment experience in Palestine. And those Egyptian moral convictions had been available in written form in Palestine for centuries when the Hebrews settled there. The sources of our inheritance of moral tradition are therefore far from having been confined to Palestine, but must be regarded as including also Egyptian civilization. You got all your stuff from Egypt. That's basically what he said. You got all your stuff from Egypt. Dr. Ben don't disapprove. He actually agreed. You just heard him say it himself out of his mouth. I didn't have to say it. You feel me? I got to say it. And then tell us why is the oldest Bible found in Egypt, not in Israel. Tell us that right there. Satisfaction is not going to happen tonight. There's an old adage that Satan has, and Satan says, 
If I could take off the head, the snake will fall. You ain't taking the snake down because everybody here is a head. You take any one of us out, and any one of us evils out, we're gonna come back and we're gonna be strong. Everyone here is a force all by themselves. Here with the Hebrew war machine, you'll never find, you'll only find applied force and never feeble-mindedness. With that said, brothers and sisters of the jury, the respondents and or defendants are, are being charged with critical thinking malpractice. Are being charged with critical thinking malpractice. One is sensationalism. Sensationalism is subject matter producing startling or thrilling impressions to excite and please vulgar taste. Here we use critical thinking, which is clear, reason thinking or judgment, while in the process of critical thinking, ideas should be reasoned and well thought out. Medical malpractice and critical thinking malpractice are synonymous, which are all band-aids. Let me explain to you how that works. You can go to high school and get straight A's. You can go to college and get and a 4.5 GPA. Nor were they philosophical materialists. What is a philosophical materialist? Is the belief that only physical matter exists, that there is no spiritual world. These comedic teachers are copycats of the medical community just as medicine degenerates its patients, so does the atheism, atheism degenerate our spiritual system and allegiance with the Heavenly Father. How is the Hebrew um, system the answer to our people? Well, this is how the Hebrew system is the answer to our people. When you look at the enemy, right, the enemy has Marines, has the Navy, has the Army, has a police force. So what they do is they attack you from a physical perspective. Our, our system of defense is the same thing when you look at the American system, right? They have the judicial branch, the executive branch, and the legislative branch. The executive branch is the most powerful branch because it actually uh, supports and defends whatever the legislative and the judicial branch pass through as law. So they come from a physical perspective. Us as, as original people, as Hebrew people, we defend our system through the Heavenly Father. The Heavenly Father always knew that when we had obstacles that was too great for us to overcome, the Heavenly Father said, I got your back. From a spiritual perspective, we will be any military, any Marines, any Air Force, every Navy, because we come from a, a spiritual system. The greatest, the greatest threat to our people right now is the atheistic system because it destroys our executive branch. We will not allow the atheistic system to destroy our executive branch. It will not happen. Not here, not today. They are on track. People of the jury, they were traumatized by crusaders at the hands of the Catholic Church and the Protestant Reformation. These so-called authorities or vicars of God were actually agents of the devil. While children, these comedic brothers were listening to preachers from the devil's pulpit and not thinking critically and not reading the scriptures from a critical perspective so that God can actually clear up his message so that you see who the right force and the right executive branch is. Today, these respondents or defendants work in concert with the actions of evil to bedevil, torment, harass maliciously, diabolical, as without distraction, worries, and confusion as many Hebrews as they can. The defendants want to dismantle the Hebrew community because they know that we, the Hebrew war machine, are the vanguard of truth and power by way of the Most High. We collectively accuse the defendants of chemotherapy-like approach to attack God's chosen. They attack those of the Protestant, Catholic, and of the Hebrew war machine. Just like, just like they do with chemotherapy when you got cancer, they attack the good cells and they attack the bad cells. Well, that's the attempt that they're trying to do. They're trying to attack the Christians, the Protestants, and the Hebrew war machine, and we will not allow that to happen on this day.
with the, with the excuse of Catholicism or the Christian Protestant, they advocate intervention like treatment by giving off all, the, all of scriptures and of God. They say you gotta throw the scriptures in the garbage and you gotta throw God in the garbage, in effect throwing the executive branch of our people in the garbage. This way God's chosen people can be debilitated. Also the defendants wants to lead us into the hands of special interest groups who only care about the dollar bill and sending us all to hell. I say to the people of the jury, the charge of critical thinking malpractice is no laughing matter. It is a felony punishable by ousting out of the conscious community and sent to the DOC, otherwise known as the Department of Correction, where they will spend time correcting the errors of their ways. We have camps here in the Hebrew war machine who will aid and assist in the responsibilities of correcting all of the defendants if they so wish. Now, another thing we have to um, understand that when I, when, I first, when I first started studying this, I did study under Brother Dr. Malachi York. And when I studied under, underneath him, at the time they had the answer of our community. Under the answer of our community, uh, when they were dealing with Islam, I always thought to myself, because later on in the late 90s he dropped a book called The Degree of Mohammedism. I said to myself, what would it have been like in the Ansar Law community when he was Imam Isa if we had the degree of Mohammedism way back then? Probably, the, probably that particular society would not have thrived and would not have existed because with the degree of Mohammedism we would have been able to debunk several of his claims and several of his centralized themes. With that said, tonight we're going to produce the degree of Kemet. And in the degree of Kemet, we're going to show that what they think they know about Kemet is actually not true. Because the, the, the foundation of our um, prosecution, or our charge with the, with the Kemetic community, is their atheist, centralized theme. They want to remove that at all costs, and they want to say that we are involved in spookism, that we are involved in certain practices that don't have quote-unquote scholarship. What I try to prove to you by using medicine, and if you want, I will actually use law. Because you can go to law school and become a top-notch lawyer in terms of passing the bar exam, doing well in, in law school, and with those accolades, you can't defend anybody justly because you don't have the critical thinking skills. All you have is a bar exam and a, and a certification that says, I'm an attorney at law, but you don't know real civics. And they also trap you when you, when you, when you take that degree because what happens? When you take the degree in, in the state of New York, when you pass the bar exam, you can only practice law in the state of New York. You cannot practice in Florida. You cannot practice in other states. So what does that mean? That your narrow-mindedness through the dumbing down process of the education system has taken you so low that you cannot even defend your client. Now, we have, we have a system that is being mirrored because when we study the comedic doctrine, is those same scholars are the same ones writing the books of law school books, of medical school books. They're giving you information with regards to Kemet to, to, to remove the equipment of the executive branch. How much time I have? It's right there. So. How much time? How much time? My point is, my point is, we will show today, just like in medical school, when you have cancer, if I go into a clinic and I'm gifted to cure cancer, they will throw me out of that clinic. Why? Because I have just robbed the medical community of billions of dollars that they use when they when somebody is diagnosed with cancer. And, and, and the way and the way they do that, brothers and sisters, is that they give you these big words and these big scientific terms for your diagnosis or prognosis. 
And what they do is they awe you with these big words. They awe you with these medical terminology so that you submit to their pharmacology and their pharmaceutical system. Well, that's the same thing the comedic community is notorious for doing. They will take these big words, these comedic words, or these alleged skills that they can they can, they can um, translate to medical And to translate to medical you say to yourself, wow, that brother is deep. He can actually translate, you know, the medical Here's another problem, brothers and sisters, that I think is very paramount. As a Boricua, I can trace my ancestors to here in the United States. And with that saying, with that saying, it's very important. When we rip, when we represent only one continent, which is the African continent, and if that's the only thing we're repping, we are giving our enemies power because what happens? We have seven continents on the planet. We don't just have one. If we take one and occupy one, we will give them six other continents. That's not what the Hebrew war machine is. We own all seven continents. The whole planet belongs to us. Because the heavenly father said so. So the heavenly father said so. We're having a situation where um, an announcement has to be made before I continue. Uh, there's to be no recording outside of the recording that's actually sanctioned here. So if you have any recordings, please put it in your pocket, please put it away. We are doing no additional recording except the recordings we have here. Understood? Yeah. All, right. <laughs> All right, so now we got, I got four minutes left. I can take my time now. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, all right, so, uh, the seven continents, right, right, the seven continents. Here's another thing that is very, very important, something, uh, a technique they use to character assassinate our critical thinking skills and our allegiance with the Heavenly Father. What they do is they tell you, oral tradition means nothing, that there is no oral tradition in garbage. And you ask, well, how is oral tradition garbage? Okay, this is what they say. You take one man in the aisle at the end, and you give him a ten-letter sentence, a ten-word sentence. By the time he gets to the last person, if there's a hundred people, it'll be a thousand words or two thousand words, and it gets corrupted with oral tradition. But that's not true because in oral tradition, the way the Hebrews do it, there are actual traditions, there's actual uh, rituals and certain things that go along with it. You don't just go from one person to another person saying those 10 word sentences. You actually do some type of a ritual. So in doing that ritual, by the time it gets to the hundredth person or the thousandth person, it is still in its exact organic format. So they want to kill oral tradition and they all want to deal with epigraphy and they want to deal with doctrine. Isn't it funny that they do that in a system where the, where, where the European powers have destroyed our epigraphy. You go into Arawak and the Taino, and we have no epigraphic or very little. So now with very little, they can come and say, well listen brother, you ain't saying anything because that old tradition is nothing. Where's your epigraphic? Where's your words on the wall? But see, because we dealt with oral tradition, okay, before we transcribed it into scripture or tablets or stuff, while we were doing oral tradition, we understood, we understood something very important. And this is what we understood. The Kemetic community try to say that they are the cradle of all the three major religions, that it springs from them. This is their, their claim, right? But we know through oral tradition that the Heavenly Father comes before anything in Kemet. Any pyramids, any pharaohs, any hieroglyphs, any and all that, the Heavenly Father came first. The Heavenly Father came first. We will not allow 
our Heavenly Father to be character assassinated based on a concept that because you don't have epigraphy and because you don't have the written words and because you don't have the tablets and because you don't have these physical attributes that we understood that God, uh, the Heavenly Father breathed into our nostrils and we became a living soul. He breathed His word into us and we are a living soul. He didn't write it into us. He breathed it into us. When you look at the word spirit, the word spirit means espirari, to breathe. That is that breath that we have. That is our oral tradition, our heritage. I say, I charge the Kemetic community, we're trying to remove us from that oral tradition. And I say we're going to take it back, and we're going to bring it back to the forefront, and we're going to show through oral tradition we can actually excel, and we can actually beat this devil. Because one thing we know, and we know that unequivocally, one thing we know, and we know unequivocally, that the One Most High is all-powerful, undestroyed. You cannot destroy the One Most High. The One Most High doesn't care what you think, or how you think, or how you attack him. You will not defeat the One Most High, period. And you definitely ain't taking down the Hebrew war machine. Now, with that said, with that said, I got, I, I, got, I got a minute. With that said, brothers and sisters, get ready for the degree of Kemet. We're going to go in. No, please, not a god! Oh, I'll kill you, all right. But by the time I do, that eye won't be the only thing you're missing. What is that? Behind you? Oh, come on. Expect me to fall for that? I mean, try something original. What the hell are you? Let's 
was a pig. He put a spirit on a pig, and the pig fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. But for his own chosen children of Israel, he let the women eat their own babies. How come God couldn't put a spirit on the Israelites to stop them from eating their own children? believes they see attributes, both good and bad in another. The theory views this tendency as a defense mechanism whereby unenviable or unpleasant traits, impulses or ideas are attributed to another. In this way, the projector is able to avoid the unpleasantness in themselves. However, the theory goes on to explain that in severe cases of projection, the condition of projection may degenerate into paranoid delusions to the point that the projector believes others are responsible for the projector's problems and are secretly plotting against them. The projection basically allows the subject to ignore faults within themselves. So when a person is projecting and they have insecurities about themselves or things about themselves that they know is not becoming, they tend to blame other people for that which is transpiring within themselves. That's called projection. And so they're bringing us to court today. They're bringing us to court today, but everything they're accusing us of is what's transpiring within their own community. But we'll go to the next slide. Let's, let's listen to Danny Boy. So that's another thing that Israel was doing. He was committing homosexuality. So that's another thing that Israel was doing. He was committing homosexuality. So that's another thing that Israel was doing. He was committing homosexuality. And the wisdom really stands in the land of Israel. And the wisdom really stands in the land of Israel. So that's another thing that Israel was doing. He was committing homosexuality. And the wisdom really stands in the land of Israel. And the wisdom really stands in the land of Israel. So what are the charges today is homosexuality? But the Hebrew and Israelite brother that got us on trial just said one of the things that they was doing on their own God's holy land was being homosexual. But they're going to try us for homosexuality. But they ain't just be homosexual, they was homosexual on God's land. Now I'm going to ask, if God could put a spirit and swine and stop it from eating, why can't God put a spirit on the Israelites and stop them from being homosexual? yourself. So now here's the image of the flyer. Pay attention to this flyer. You see that six point star? I told you, the criminally insane should never be allowed to take people like us to court. Let's go to the next one. Take a good look at the flyer. Now let's play this. Alright. So then he goes up and puts up a flyer. Well, this might show that flyer, please. He got a silly picture of me up there. A silly picture of hot sauce because he's emotional. Then he automatically puts a star David knowing it's controversial in the Hebrew Israelite community that causes division in our group. Then he automatically puts a star David knowing it's controversial in the Hebrew Israelite community that causes division in our group. Then he automatically puts a star David knowing it's controversial in the Hebrew Israelite community that causes division in our group. Well, this might show that fly piece. Well, this might show that fly piece. Well, this might show that fly piece. Okay. 
Can someone show that flyer, please? Now let's hear it, right? Now he said that I was trying to divide the Hebrew Israelite community by putting a star on the flyer. Did y'all hear that? Y'all didn't hear it? He said that I was trying to divide the Hebrew Israelite community by putting a star on the flyer. Now let's go forward. Play that. Let's go forward. So, now, what was the other part of projection? That in severe cases of projection, the condition of projection may degenerate into paranoid delusions to the point that the projector believes others are responsible for the projector's problems and are secretly plotting against them. The projection basically allows the subject to ignore folks within themselves. Now, hold on. Hold on, he gets real good. He said I was putting a six-point star on the flyer because I know it causes controversy, so I was trying to divide the Israelites. Play it. Let's, let's see what happens. Let's take a look at Hashar's head. Hold on, hold on, let's keep going, let's keep going. Hold on, hold on. Because he's paranoid, he thinks someone's plotting against him. So, let's see what else. And Daniela gave us this picture for the flyer. So evidently he's part of the conspiracy to separate the Hebrew Israelites. Now they will say, what is all this about? It's about psychosis. You got crazy people telling us we gotta come to court. He thinks I'm plotting and scheming on him when he saw the six-point star on the flyer. What am I supposed to do? Ask your brothers to come to the house and do a Hebrew Israelite photo shoot and tell them to leave their stars home? Come on, let's go to the next one. Oh man, I love this. Where's my book? Demonology by King James. Where's my book? Show me that book. Demonology by King James. Find that book for me, brother. This is interesting. You know what's inside this book? Find that book. <laughs> Yo, oh you gotta just go to page five. The average Israelite will tell you what? He'll tell you that you need to read the King James Version of the Bible. The King James Version. Out of the hundreds of different types of Bibles they got out there, Daniel and Hashanah wants you to read the King James Version of the Bible. But guess what? But guess what? When King James, they told me during my time, when King James, they feel in the pressure. When King
Read out the book. Read it. And let's read what Queen James said. You see how emotional they've been? Very emotional. You see it? The trumpet during my time. The Dark Side Christian History, page 116. In King James' words, I estimated that the ratio of women to men who succumbed to witchcraft was 20 to 1. Of those formerly persecuted for witchcraft, between 80 to 90% were women. Do you know what they did to people they thought were witches back then? They burned and killed them. How many people did King James say was persecuted? 80 to 90% of the women. So this means they murdered 80 to 90% of the women. Who would be left? Nasi knows the answer to this. Hold on, let Nasi answer this question about King James. Let's go to the next one. Oh no, this is our motion for exoneration. We're innocent. This is our declaration of innocence. That's Everything right. y'all accusing us of, y'all guilty of. That's right. That's what this round is called. Declaration of innocence. That's right. Now, play this, play this. Y'all read that. I hate that word. It's ugly to me. Let's use tonight because, you know,
sure they must have forgotten who I was. Absolutely. Believe this. 
the shepherd, who at this time passed your flocks in those regions. I want you to look at this carefully because you was taught that the Egyptians built the pyramids. I know you, I know you can't read, but the sources of the histories of Herodotus, brother. or Kemet revisited, he states that the Egyptians didn't even build a pyramid. Even Ivan Van Sotomay himself said the Egyptians didn't build a pyramid. So why have you been lied to all this time? to bring forth information and build pyramids. Let's listen. Fire has come, let's go back. Fire has come to be called the golden ratio of God's number. It is the proportion found in nature, the human body, etc. Five, 1.618. For example, a phalange on your fingers, the middle phalange is 1.618 times bigger than the first one. And the first and last phalange is 1.618 bigger than your middle phalange. Watch, using the Pythagorean theorem, we come up with the golden triangle with the height of the square root of five based on one and a slant of five. Taking the ratio of the base of the height, we get a ratio of 0.636. Cheops pyramid has a base of 77.9 at a height of 480.6. Taking the ratio, now mathematicians follow along, taking the ratio of the base of Cheops pyramids and the heights, you again come with a ratio of 0.636 showing that Cheops pyramid and the is a golden triangle built with fire in mind. Continue. Wow. When we look at the numbers, numbers two in the Bible, it gives us the number of the 12 tribes surrounding the tabernacle. You have the east, 186-400, west, 108-100, north, 157-600, south, 154-500. When we look at these numbers of God divided by the by the by thousand simplicity, we get 18.6, 15.45, 10.1, 1.5. Five point six, one five seven point six, which equals 603.55. The time of the sun to perform around the galaxy is 22 million multiplied by the total of number, number of gods three times is zero. 603.55, 603.55, 603.55 equals 22 million. The planet characteristic cubes are the orbit times around the sun, so all the planet characteristics are 25.235. Next slide. This is in your scriptures now, because when you keep on reading, the whole measurement for the pyramids is in Numbers, the second chapter. So when you talk about the Egyptians building the pyramids, Let's go. Next slide. Next slide. Next slide. This is the same slide my brother I want to start in. So if you were brothers in the commanding thing, there's another, there's another some Egyptian sleeping with animals. But you and this Egyptian, you're gonna cover that up because you're not about what the practice is about. You just want to hear some fly stuff and don't care about the reality.
week ago, set a female leader in man's clothing. Let's look at this. Based on ancient sculptures, the queen, Hatshepsut, who became Egypt's first female pharaoh in 1479 BC, ruled for 20 years, sat on her throne bare-chested in a man's kilt with a false metal beard and a headdress adorned with covers, usually worn by a male pharaoh. So now we have one of the first dykes in history, and we are pushing this, and we think this is okay. Let's go to the next slide. Oh, explain this. And this is the truth. They're not supposed to be on this computer right now because they're Googling away. But there is no rules and nobody's watching this. Polite got this rigged the way he wants to, so let's keep on going. It appears that Akhenaten and Akhenaten Amun, father, may have attempted to father children with his first three eldest daughters. It is suggested that Akhenaten Anun, second oldest sister, may have died in the childbirth. This is the deuce from the scene found in the royal tomb, which portrays vivid displays of the occurrence of a woman dying through childbirth. It is almost likely that Akhenaten also fathered children from his other two daughters. Why are we condoning this? Is it because we like the golden arms? We like the pyramids that much? When you can worship the, the, the Statue of Liberty. We about morality here. If you condone this, then I hope that you and all of these people that follow this garbage go down with it. Let's go on our next slide. Why is this such practice? According to Stanford University, your brother likes universities over here, but I'm going to tell you something about all the universities he named. Every university in the degree is passed down and given ordained, is ordained by the Pope. So he's telling you about the curriculum system of a slave master, and in order for you to come up here, you have to be a slave. I only accept degrees. I don't listen to nobody that don't have a PhD degree. But Shaka Akos left high school at 10th grade. And y'all like that, right? Y'all say, y'all say, Israelites don't deal with the information. They only deal with people's behavior. You damn right, because the information supposed to make the behavior better. And that's why you, and that's why you got this crappy conscious community that's about taking people's money and not doing nothing with it. When I asked them to go, I asked them to go to Ferguson. Nobody wanted to go with me. Not one of these conscious brothers. Let's go. According to staff, go back. Let's let's do let's shoot this. According to Stanford University. Classic Professor Walter Scheider, one reason that the incest sets them apart. Royal incest occurs mainly in societies where rulers have tremendous power and no peers, except the gods, since gods marry each other, so should the royals. All of these maladies are thought to have been results of inbreeding, which his father and mother, his father's sister, Zahar Watts, which is an article, he writes great articles, he actually goes against the Bible at times too. Wrote a National Geographic, in my view, Tutankhamun's health was compromised from the moment he was conceived. His mother and father were full brother and sister. Now, see, the difference between what Polite said in the beginning is what people of the lower class did because they were hungry, but these are the people that are the rich, and this is what they're doing. They're the rulers. This is your Ma'at. I'm going to show you. Go ahead. Albert Zink, scientific director of the Institute for Mummies and the Iceman in Italy, uses genetic fingerprinting and tests mitochondrial DNA, which is inherited only from the mother. On this evidence, he shows.
know that Tutankhamun's mother was Akhenaten's sister, according to a Sunday Times report by Fiona Keating. Y'all pushing this, go ahead. Here we saw right here. 
some of them are filleted. I am not lying to you. Here you go. Go ahead, next slide. Next slide. This was a good holiday. Hopefully you can get this off at your job. Next slide. Here we go. All right. Next slide. Oh, no, no, don't worry about it. You check this out, right? Look at the article. Y'all notice, this article is telling you about Egypt that they had diseases, sexual diseases, right? Now, here's how they were. Now, it was so pristine. How could you catch a sexually transmitted disease? Let's see what they made in Egypt. Go.
disciples usually are ritualistic kill children. Now, if you read the papyrus of Nebuchadnezzar, it tells you about the children of rebellion. And if you scroll up, it tells you about the cop knife that was used to cut them open. Let's go to the next one. All right, the Tri-State Medical, it tells you where the Egyptian cannibals and recent unearthed that there were found piles of ribs, flesh great bones, showing where human teeth gnawed them. This is Professor Petrie. This is Petrie. Now read the article. All right, let's check this article. Let's go to the next one. All right, here goes Ramsey's wife, and here goes Offset. What does Offset have on her head? She has a vulture on her head. Now in Egypt they tell you a vulture is a, a, a nurturing mother, which a vulture is, but that's the romanticism of Egypt, because what else does a vulture do? Eat that body, let's stop playing stupid. The other goddess, the other goddess is called Mu. If you look at the Mu and you look at the two double letters of, of, of MT for Mu, you see a falcon and a penis. What is the falcon eating? What is the vulture eating? This is ignorance if you think about it, so let's go. But that, is, that little sash on her is a sacrificial blood, which is called the blood of Isis. When she links to her sacrificial, when she holds her ark, because the ark is connected to the sacrifices. Go ahead, watch. Pyramid text. Who eats the entrails of even those who become with their bodies full of magic and honors? The Pharaoh of the Lord offering, the not of the court, who himself prepares his meals. Pharaoh, he, he who eats men and lives off of God. Let's go. I got two minutes. I got it. All right, pyramid text. I read this last year. And they said it was symbolic, but I'm going to show you it's not symbolic. Continue. It talks about the Lord is beating the throne, extracting the blood from the bodies. It is Shimzu who will cut them off for the Pharaoh and cooks the meal in his dinner pots. Shimzu. Shimzu is the god of the wine press. What do you do with the wine? You crush it and get the blood out of the grape. Right? Let's go to Shimzu. Shimzu, the god of execution, slaughter, blood, oil, and wine. He punishes the unrighteous by placing their heads in the wine press to remove the blood in the last of sin. And I didn't make this up, you fools. Let's go.
ability to present his side. And that, that means, and, and that also means I'm I saw the other side doing it to you. Okay. But I try not to speak to them. Speak to them. Okay. Okay. So but Sean was all over here. You present your he case. was sitting in the seat. Like. But polite. But give them the opportunity to explain. You laid it out. You did a good job. Uh, can you all see with this casket in the way? Under the majesty of the king up in Lower Egypt, Ramses, the, uh, the 11th. 
On this day, proclamation of Amun of the shining forth of this noble God, he arrives in the shining forth and make an offering to Amun. Thereupon, Nanufe, my husband, made a writing for me, the musician of Seth Nanufe, and made me a daughter of his. Oh, listen, the husband made the wife a daughter of his, and wrote down for me all he possessed, having no son or daughter apart from myself. All profit that I have made with her, I will bequeath to it Nanufe, my wife, and if any, my own brothers or sisters arise to confront her at my death tomorrow, or thereafter, like not pro now for then, or thereafter and say, let my brother's share be given to me, before many and numerous witnesses, behold, I have made the bequest of Nanufe, my wife, this day before, Hoyeru, my sister. Now what does this mean? In Kevin, if you come from a royal family, the inheritance can only go to your bloodline. So in order for a husband to be able to give his wife something, and she's not from his bloodline, what he would do is adopt his wife legally so she can inherit his belongings thereafter. Where's the cable? We need the cable. There it goes on the ground. Pause the time. Pause the time. There you go. Plug it in. All right. Oh, no. I'm, I'm, I'm not mad at anything you said in this video, bro. This right? is scholarship right here. What the fuck is timelines? He took about 1700 BC which is Father Abraham, between 1700 and 1600 BCE. Now, Lex says Abraham existed during Middle Bronze. 1700 BC. That's what Lex says Abraham existed, between 1700 BC or 1600 BC. Watch this video again. Watch the whole thing. Press it again, baby. You know what the Middle Bronze Age timeline is? You're talking about 1700 BC, which is Father Abraham, between 1700 and 1600 BCE. Keep going, keep going. Now, now see what contradicts Zion's date for Abraham.
on your team has to agree to the same date. We can't have four or five people with four or five different dates. That's right. Of, uh, condemning us, but listen, it gets better. It gets better. So look, we got 300 years apart between the two of them. And you know why this happens? Because religious people believe in myths. And when you believe in myths, you have to indulge real people to establish your history. Right. That's you don't right. see Kevin going in the Bible trying to find out if their Moses was Ramses. But they damn sure try to find out if their Moses is our Ramses. That's we right. never have to go in their Bible trying to find out when we existed. That's right. Never happens. That's right. Now why is this important? Because 
that have put us, let's give them the ladder, 1900 BC. But if Moses is Amenmesis, who is the son of Meribotah, then we had the 19th dynasty. And that creates a situation where Abraham, the distance between Abraham and Moses would have to be 1,397 years. But the Bible says 420 to 430 between Abraham and Moses. Let's go to the next slide. So what I'm telling you is, it sounds good when they say, hey, this person's story is lined up with this story. And this person's story lines up with this story. But when you start plugging in the dates, and you start plugging in the time, guess what happens? You come to find 1,397 year difference. Contradicts the Bible. The Bible says don't add to it. Don't take from it. Yet, you now see damn near a thousand years difference from his chronology. And you see this white boy right here, Dr. Floyd Nolan Jones chronology? He started off, he, he made Abraham stay in the 1900s. But guess what he did? Oh, you said Kevin on trial, right? Let me explain this to you again. Let's go. No, 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 stop. Get it? Let me explain this to you. How the hell can you take us to trial for chronology when the chronology uses a pseudo? Hey, that's my brother here. That's my brother here. 
Because we've been working together on this one. Hey, check this out, because uh, my man Nazi Yasser put up something. He really misinterpreted what I was saying about being proficient enough in the Metro Metro before I take a trip to Kimmy and just waste all my money. So look, that's what we're going to do. We're going to show y'all how we've been working together. Because the Nisu just went to Kimmy and he actually went to the pyramid where all these mistranslated pseudo claims come from. Pick up a text right here. They always tell y'all, okay, this is what they do. They'll tell y'all a white man's interpretation of yes. the Metro Metro. Now let me tell you Why would a 
after a man do that? And then they said, came in this day, where was Abraham at when Sarah was sleeping with the Pharaoh? So we know what's going on about them times. So check it out. 
The context is God sending judgment on the sinfulness of Jerusalem. Let's go to the next one. And A.R. Paul said is the Bible scholar who brought this forward. Y'all see that? If you just press it one time. There you go. Now what we're gonna, we gonna find out is, check this out. Envy have ye discovered their father's nakedness. Envy have ye humbled her that was set apart from pollution. Oh, hold on, that's not, that's not answer. But let's keep reading. And one hath committed abominations with his neighbor's wife, and another, I said, and one hath committed abominations, he's committed himself. Yeah, he committed himself. One hath committed an abomination with his neighbor's wife, and another hath lewdly defiled his daughter-in-law. And another hath humbled his sister. So this is about 570 BC in Israel, right? When they was breaking the commandments. And it's wickedness. But yeah, it's wicked, yeah. But they was doing it, breaking commandments, correct? So that's what I want you to know. Let's keep, let's proceed. Let's proceed. We already talked about Abraham and Sarah, so let's get to the thing Oh, y'all know about Lot and his daughters too. I ain't got to explain that to y'all. What was going on in that one? What is going on? Who comes from the line of Moab and Ammon? Y'all know who? Who comes from the line of Moab and Ammon? Y'all have this first name from? Uh, on the <laughs> Y'all know y'all how we'll deal with that later, but y'all know all about Lot and his ancestral relations, so let's keep it moving. Now, I want to show y'all something. This is what we do. So, what's their ancestor in the Bible? What's it? What's it? So, that don't mean y'all taught ancestors, did it? Did it mean that Hebrews taught ancestors who was ancestors in the Bible? It didn't mean that. So, why would y'all try to take somebody on trial for something y'all don't even know about? Let's go to the next one. Let me show y'all why they don't know about it. Let's try to I got two minutes. What about killing though? What about killing? The majority of the claims of incest come from misinterpretations. Look, y'all think I'm gonna say that and not be able to prove it? Let's go. Let's go. Check this out. First, we're gonna hit y'all with the source. Scholars have speculated from the earliest attempts to read the hieroglyphs on the Egyptian kin on the Egyptian kinship system. In fact, recent research has shown that the Egyptian kinship system was not vastly different than the European or American kinship system. Y'all hear that? The basic relationship between mother and father and child was the same in ancient and modern times. But listen to this. The real difference that led to early scholars astray was that the kinship terms, such as brother or sister, were used affectionately between lovers and spouses. See, you read, they misreading the metal letter. And that's a white boy telling you that. But I'm going to show y'all. I'm going to show y'all. It said it clearly came from that misreading the metal letter. Let's go to the next one, please. Y'all can see the source right at the bottom going up But look, let me show y'all something. Because we're supposed to be dealing with primary accounts tonight. Right? Hold on. Oh, we want to So check this out. Tell me what to say right there. Anybody in the house can tell me something up there with that say? Anybody? If ain't nobody on the Hebrew side can tell me, how can they check my knowledge? How can they check my knowledge? What we're going to find out here is a term for the Viceroy of Kimmich. Viceroy Kush, the term is Sa Nisu. Now we're familiar with the Nisu, that's the Pharaoh. Sa means son. So the title of the Viceroy of Kush was Sa Nisu, the son of the king. But he was not related to the king at all. Go to the next slide. That's just one of them. We got tons of Sa Nisu. Here's another one King, son of Kush, depicted in the tomb of Petra and Ambia. 
Now, that was not the king's son. So if that king's son took the princess of the daughter, somebody who don't know African culture would have simply said this was incest. They don't know what's going on. Now, if anybody want to challenge my ability, let's get it in. When y'all stand around, I want somebody to bring the community. I heard a lot of claims. Y'all got eight seconds, black African power. Now they can tell you that that's not what it means, but you clearly see that that's what it means. 
It's nothing that they can do to change this around because ancient Egyptian practices was based off of cannibalism. They taught you that hotel means peace. You wish it meant peace. It means sacrifice. So when you greet one another, you even greet each other in your cannibalistic ways and your viewpoints. Hotel. That's not what it is. Y'all want some savage stuff. And one of the things you have to understand is every translation they got is from a Hebrew. And a Jewish person that translated a text that was down with the fellow society. Let me show you this. Go ahead. Here goes the head, body, brain, and the portion. This is pseudoscience, right? I'm showing you the actual, actual um, um, war relief. Here goes the heads. Four heads on the war relief being drained into potion pots. Thank you. 
long, too long. Keep standing, keep standing. My name is Marissa Ben Nasik Daniel. I live in Demona, Israel. My father lived in Israel. My mother lived in Israel. My wife lived in Israel. My two daughters. It's the largest settlement that black people out of America settled in. Nobody was able to accomplish that. Mundanter, I want you to go back and see that plight you missed to give y'all the determinant. Let's move forward. 
This is more information from Rob can't go into it. Like when you see that stick in the middle, it means A, B, and C. That's called a local gram because it's telling you to take it literally. And if you take the sun literally, you also have to look at the determinant that tells you what the representation of the sun means, and it's one of the default answers to call rag. Let's move forward. I got a lot of time. Well, let's see what they said. Then I'll convey cases that they justify, and he sells out the Kush to a larger border of Egypt doing something wicked, right? It says his majesty smoked the Nubian bowmen in the midst of the army. They were carried off the feathers, none missing, the fleeing short as if they had never been. Now, let me show you something. You see this right here? This indicates trouble. If you look here, I got from Rutgers University a piece of paper that I got from a professor who teaches Mesonetra at Rutgers University. And it goes down the grammar points right here. The Nubian a Nubian on the side of Amos first. Let's move forward. This is what you ask me on a very intellectual day. And what I mean by on a very intellectual day, if I were to presume that the person that I'm speaking to uh, can be trusted for me to have a high frequency communication, then I would. I wouldn't use no chaser when I tell you that there are no Egyptian gods. I would tell you that. Okay, and that Listen. that's part of the mythos. Now, I will express that they are Egyptian gods to the laity. I would express that to the laity. And the reason why the reason why I would express that to the laity would be through the convenience. It would be through the convenience of conversation. Right? And then I would work my way up to the point that I'm a I will work my way up to the point to get to you right now. Because right? So right now, I'm under the presumption that you guys are scholars. Or at least you to be. I do have confidence in your abilities to do research. So I'm going to tell you something that you may not have heard before. And I'm going to let you know that there are no Egyptian gods. And if you question our Egyptian gods, right, I will still respond to your questions based on the context in which that question arises. Now, I can't go into the rest of the videos, I'm going to save some time. But if you go back to the Ali Muhammad video, Brother Polite saying that there are star beings that was called gods. And they experienced every culture and civilization, including Kenneth. So I'm going to show you this real quick. How much time I got? Five minutes, let me work. All right, look, definition. Oxford Dictionary Online. Deify. Worship, regard, and treat something or something as a god. Deity, divine status, quality and nature. Divine, up from or like God or God. But what's the God? A superhuman being or spirit worshipped as having power over nature or human fortune. A deity. Let's move forward. Zeptepi. I can't really get into this, but I want you to research Zeptepi and you'll see that this is the oldest story in regards to the Anun cosmogony. And when you study this, you'll see the ancestors believe that their deified ancestors came from this primordial waters, right? But let me move forward. I can't really get too much of this. This right here tells you about who Ra is, but I have to, I have to go forward. And if you want to know about the real science behind ancient Kemet, look at these two books called The Cosmology and Controversy and The Activation Processes and Star Formation because the waters of noon is considered what's called a neutron soup. And if you know anything about science in regards to neutron soup, you know that it made it possible for star to form. Let's move forward, man. It's like the Indian. When you study the Indian, you know the Indian has to do with the ancestors that came before the commission and it consisted of Ra, Shev, Nu, Tut, Tefna, and then it went on to Set, Osar, Oset, Nethis, and, and um, Nethis and Heru, right? Now, I'm going to show you something interesting. Let's move forward. Three minutes? All right. 
the book of the Celestia Cow, you get a chance to read it, because what happens is you start from history to legend to myth. As time goes on, and you're not close to the original incident. So when this time happened, it wasn't right. And by the time they started writing, it turned into a legend myth though. Let's move forward. Who was top of Tahuti? Tahuti was the one entrusted after Rob went under, I, I got you, under Rob went under the primordial waters in the book of the celestial cow. What happens is, Rob was the ruling the suit. He was getting old, weak. And when he got old, weak, the people rebelled. When the people rebelled, he called the council of the Indian. He said, what should we do? This is when he created Sekhmet, which is Hathor, and turned into an idol to destroy man. Once he destroyed man, he saw that she was too bloodthirsty, he took the Western mind to turn back to Hathor. Why is this important? Because if this is when Ross said, listen, now that man has died, I have to go into the other world to create a system to get back to me. Follow me, y'all. Let's move forward. Tahuti was the one entrusted by Ra to bring the science to the people before he went to the underworld. Let's move forward. You can go look at the Book of Thoth. The high priest or the top of Ra were the ones that were the holders of this information. And if you go where this, this um, uh, obelisk is at, they have the underground tombs of these priests. Let's move forward. Nectar, I was trying to give y'all something from Reginald Muata Ashby. Anybody know who that is? Yeah, we do. Yeah. Red and keep reading it right here, and tell me that he don't believe the same thing y'all believe when you talk about natural roots. Let's move on. I can't, I can't go this way. People say, oh, that's mythos. All right, look at the Palermo Stone. The Palermo Stone don't only really start with the dynastic kings. It goes to the pre-dynastic kings. And guess who is in there at the pre-dynastic kings? Red and Rue. But yet, they don't exist. But why would they make a historical record? Palermo Stone, they say, oh, that's just one. Let's go to the next one. The Turin Kings also goes back to the pre-dynastic period and it talks about guess who? Heru, Tahuti, and Ray. Let's move forward. Manetho's Kings was also talks about the pre-dynastic period over 30,000 years before the dynasty of Lumber was established. Let's move forward. The deification of the Lasuit, but they took all of the suit. My question is, how does the suit have the ability to rule over a common man? Who gives them that authority? The sun? The trees? The birds? No, he's the son of Ray. Let's move forward. I'm going to show y'all. I want you to study Imperial Code. Go home, Google it, and you'll see what this is about. Move forward. What is the son of Ray's title? The only way that the suits can rule is through a bloodline. And if Ray was just the son, then what blood did the suits have to rule? You can say, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Let's move forward. I want to ask him a question. You read Medjinetra, right? All right, take a look at this. Again, Buckley's University. Check it out. All right, look. Don't decide this is up there. It shows you the pintail duck, which means the sun, right? And then you have the sun over here. Sun, that's no way than the sun. When you syntax them together, you get the word of, which means possession, meaning the sun of bread. Now, how come I got all of these stellars here, whether the suits are talking about their ruling on behalf of bread? They're from the body of bread. But yet, bread is just nature. Go ahead. Let's move forward. The bottom right to rule proven, the thought most of four dream stuff. Who do you think they thought most of the power to rule? Our markets. Told them if you give it in the sand of the space, I'll make you king. And guess what? It was king. Let's move forward. Very, very, very rich in the day. How much time I got? All right, see, I ain't got a lot of time. But look. All these books that I have, I got about 10 of them here. Look at these books. I want y'all to look at this. This is my library at home. I don't play games with Egypt. Look at this. to work on polite, look at where he gets all of his sources from. Anacalypsis, the God of the nature, by who? That's the New York, the God of religion, is there a God in 360 questions that ask the Hebrew Israelites? Check that out. 
need to learn a little bit about semen production, you can go to Yeah. There are over 15 pyramid texts that show that Egyptians thought semen came from the bone. Now we're gonna focus on that. Why would they think that? Now here go one. I put the transliteration at the bottom so we can all follow it. Translation at the top, source at the bottom. This says, it is he who creates the seed in the bones of the belly. Yeah. This says, he who creates the seed in the divine bones inside the egg. We can stop and break down any translation if y'all want to. Uh, let's go to the next one. Now here we go. So that creates the seed in the bone. Okay, this is an Esam, a, 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 a temple in, uh, close to Aswan. Let's keep going. Now, which coagulates the seed in the bone? These are straight out of pyramid texts. It's showing that we thought semen came from the bone. Keep it moving. But why do we think that? That sounds like pseudoscience. There was another one. I ain't even got to do that one. Let's just keep it moving. Y'all can see that I brought enough primaries to show you. You might ask why Egyptians thought semen came from the bone. Let's keep it moving. Because it really do. Because it does. We don't know that. It's high science. I'm approving. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Modern science has caught up to comedic science, and we now know that males have semen emission centers along the lower portion of the spine in the RX or the hindquarters. The cervical, the thoracic, the lumbar, and the sacral. But what we're going to learn is it matches up exactly in ancient chemistry. Check it out. Check this out, y'all. The portion of the spine we will focus on are T10 to L2, S2 to S4. And notice we all in the lower spine. If y'all notice that that's your coccyx bone on the bottom two, which is between the buttocks. See, they ain't doing nothing about this. All they see is fabulous stuff. That's all they can see. Let's keep it positive. Erection. Reflex erection of the penis, which occurs after direct simulation of the penis, is under the control of the parasympathetic nerves from S2 to S4 to S3 to S4 levels in your spinal cord. Let's go to the next one. Nobody knew that, huh? Yeah. Psychogenic erection involving consciousness or mental levels of the brain is also under the control of the synthetic nerves from T10 to L2 levels in your spinal cord. Parasynthetic nerves from S2 to S4 levels also contribute. You know what I'm saying? Now we're learning what they're doing Kenny way back in the day. But here we go. Emissions, ejaculation. Emissions involve the production and release of semen from your reproductive glands and the contraction of your reproductive ducts, which propel the sperm into the urethra of your penis. This is controlled by sympathetic nerves from T11 to L2. So now they learn, see? I know somebody gut mentioned right now. And check it out. As you can see, the comedics teachings that semen come from the spine are also corroborated by modern science. Let's see how loud this comes. Don't trip, I don't need it, I'm gonna keep it moving. Hey, 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 who read Arabic in here? 
why we find the pyramid text high science in the Bible. Tell me what that say, Brother Bashir. Does it say it emerges from the sea, from between the ribs and the bones? Huh? See, the only place you ain't gonna find this is in the Bible. Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. My boy Imam Bashir let you know that they had this high science in the Quran. But let's keep it popping. Now let's go, we can just keep it going. I ain't tripping, I tripping. Oh, fine. Oh, please. I'm saying so much. Hold on. Check this out now. Y'all see that, right? That's called your sacrum, and that's called the coccyx. And where are those bones located? Thank you. So when they see a text and they say something between the buttocks, they are the ones not the, don't have the ability. I mean, they really, I'm sorry. I don't even want to condescend on nobody. Let's keep it popping. I'm about to wrap this up quick. In Hindu teachings, this is the Mudala Hara or the root chakra. The root chakra, I got it, is at the base of the pelvis of the spine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hold on. Where's the root chakra? Where's the first chakra? I know y'all know some Hindu teachings, right? It's right between the buttocks. This is high science. Let's keep it popping. The energy that sits at the base of the spine is called Kundalini in Hindu tradition. Y'all see where it's at, right? Yeah. Kundalini is the Hindu version of the comedic teachings of the RF. But how do I know that? Because I read the language and I read it cryptographically. As the more and more knowledge you get of the middle, middle the more information you're going to get. Let me prove it. Come on. Let me prove it. Matter of fact, I can prove it in more ways than one. What happened to the two books I just shot over here, man? The brother want to talk about Muta Ashby, who wants to ask me like he really got his work. He would have brought his work. What's the name of this book right here? It's called Serpent Power. I'm showing y'all the Serpent Power right here. He wrote 105 books on this. He wrote 105 books on this. Now I'm going to show y'all what he missed in his work. Because when we find our wreck without the determinative of the lion, we find it with the cobra snake on attention. Way before you find it in any Hindu tradition. Representing the same thing. Let's keep it popping so I can get his mic out. Come on. Yeah, we're going to prove this with beyond a shadow. It says, so when Auric has a cobra determinative, it has been translated to mean the divine serpent. Okay, keep it popping. The Kundalini energy on the RN is at the base of the spine between the buttocks. There's no getting around it. So all you see, all you're doing is exposing yourself when you see certain high science and can't come up with nothing but homosexuality. Oh. So keep it popping. So the proof of the RN on the divine serpent is related, <laughs> is related to the spine. What we gonna do to prove that? We gonna refer back to the pyramid text. Now this is what nobody can't do right here. Come on, right, let's do it. Let's do it. This is what they can't do. They talk about what they read. They talk about what they do. That's a primary account right there. Nobody else put a primary up there today. That is. What do we see over there? We see our red. Okay. Now you see these 27 natural. Oh, I'm gonna break that down. Let's get to the next one. Let's get to the next one. Check it out. This is a facsimile of thank you. This is a facsimile of it. But I'm gonna just keep it moving so my man brother not can talk. But basically this is telling you this, I'll show you a translation. Oh, Another five. Okay, thank you. Yeah, 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 let's do another. Here's a translation. Oh, that is the bull snake who led, who led by means of the divine servant, changing seven of his servant brother back to seven appeals with commands. Twenty-seven possession possession. Heard these words of the sovereign. Now that's my translation.
translation, and it's one thing about this. You can get any European book you want, they'll never translate this as 27 percent yet because they missed the science. I gotta finish this wrong. The spinal column is 33 vertebrae, 7, 12, 5, 5 combination. 5 vertebrae in the sac of 4 vertebrae in the fused coccyx. I gotta be, I gotta, I gotta. Oh, this pyramid text 318 leaves us with two numbers, 7 and 27. See, they didn't know they was gonna get taught like this tonight. Check it out. The word used for 7 cervical vertebrae in there is suffocant nebu, okay? From T1 to CO24, we got 26 remaining vertebrae. Our three percentage from pyramid text, what is this, 318 represents three groups of the Enid. You know, the Enid is nine gods. You got three groups of the Enid. Alright, let me keep rocking real quick, let me keep rolling. Anyway, y'all know right there, they got that from the museum, right? In Israel, right? That clearly proves that the Israelite was not slaves in Babylon. Y'all can look that up. Go to the Israel Museum real fast, right? Let me keep moving. Let me keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving. Right? But they, they said, 
I'm sorry, y'all was talking? Yeah. Tell them what you told us about 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 the debate. Um, which thing? Now I'm saying so much. Everybody is asking. Yeah, we, had, we had them on the ropes, but they came back. It was a fantastic debate. I want everybody to understand that I learned a lot of stuff tonight. But the Hebrew Israelite community put the commanded community on the ropes. They were almost down for the count. And and then you came back. Who brought them back though? You and your brother before you. Ah, okay. I'm going to squad up. Let's get that straight. That's been Smash Rock Rockwell. Because what it showed is the proficiency and the depth of research all of y'all did. And see, my generation, we didn't have what the tools y'all got to do what y'all have done. If we had what y'all have done, y'all would be riding rocket ships and shit right now in this generation. But it was fantastic. I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed watching brothers loving each other going hard on each other and they can walk away loving each other. Hey, but tell him he ain't doing nothing though. Tell him. Yo, yo, brother Gabal, come here, man. So talk to me, man. What do you think about the debate? You think you gave Shaka that work or what? Talk to us. I simply, I came there to do what I said I'm going to do and to destroy that book. I think Shaka should really analyze and, and really seriously look at the work that his, his uh, uh, the people that came before him and the, the quality they brought him versus that book. And like I said, his love for, for, for Kemet and the hate for, for the Bible really did, you know, it, it's really taking him to a place that he doesn't have to be. The Bible is perfect as it is, leave it alone. And, you know, you don't mess with it. You know what I'm saying? He, you know, and I think tonight the Hebrew community, Brother Nasi, Brother Ashar, they really brought it in the show that the Egyptian uh, culture was just basically, in a nutshell, a bunch of freaks. And they were bloodthirsty, you know, cannibal. You know, they, they, they were into that. That's what they were into. They were into different type of uh, understanding. They had no moral compass. And we proved that tonight. And we're, we're going to keep proving that. It's like, after a while, it's going to become a joke to the point like, you know, uh, what, 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 you know what else are we going to do? You know, so I, at this point, I'm talking about building. We actually have the, the after party, the, the Israelite, you know, unity after party, victory party. All the brothers are here, all the different camps. I'm having a good time. You know, I'm, I'm, I think we did what we did came to do. And then I'm, I'm thinking about the future right now. So, you know, thank you for Brother Sarnetta doing his thing. You know, uh, I'm happy. From your Sha'ala. All right, peace, my brother. Thank you, brother.